Welcome to Rutten Radio. Rutten Radio is a monthly podcast we bring you the first Wednesday of the month with the Rutten Brothers, Father Paul Rutten, pastor of Immaculate Conception Parish in Watertown, Father John Rutten, pastor of St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, and Joe Rutten, professor and director of the Benedictine Institute for Leadership, Ethics, and Social Justice at Mount Marty College. Let's join them now for a little faith, family, and plenty of fun. Good morning, rock stars! You're listening to Rutten Radio here on Real Presence Radio in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and I'm your host, Joe Rutten, and I'm joined, as always, by Brothers Rutten with a caller. Father Rutten the Elder and Father Rutten the Younger! (laughs) How we doing, fellas? He must uh, find the new format. The new station requires a new introduction or something because we're, we're rock stars now. And he's dredging up old rivalries. Yeah. What was the greater and lesser? <laughs> Not the older and the younger. But oh, yeah. you're right. You're right. Somewhere, somehow, we need to get his wife to write the introduction. <laughs> I like the younger and, and the elder. I thought yeah, that, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. so father paul uh rutten from watertown south dakota immaculate conception parish and father john from harrisburg south dakota and saint john paul ii parish fellas what's been going on in your world since uh we last met you know the summer is always an interesting time because a lot of things shut down you know your a lot of your programs are no longer going in the summertime And then often you ramp up uh, wedding season. So you trade one thing for another. uh, And so you find that your, your weekends are busy. Uh, This summer seems to be, you know, a typical summer filled with weddings for us in the parish. Uh, At the same time, you find time to get away. So I had the opportunity to uh, watch the twins play baseball. They lost against the Red Sox. They couldn't get out the broom and sweep them, but it was still a good time to go with the parish. You know, the school sponsored it and, See some new people and have a good time. Oh, you're up there with the kids and parents. Uh, and parents and all kinds of people. Yep. Took the seminarian with me. Uh, and Father Mike was there. So there was a whole group of us and about 50 people, uh, you know. And did you go up for a day or did just you go up in a hotel? Yep. Just got a day. We got up in the morning bright and early and got on a bus and away we went. Wow. How uh, awesome was that? Yeah. So it was it was a good time. Uh, it, it was just something to do. I did it on my anniversary. So it was a little gift. Uh, yeah, they had coordinated it on my anniversary. So happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Yep, there you go. Sixteen years. Wow, yeah. congratulations. So it goes fast, but yeah. So that's getting ready then as well. In the summertime, we also have vacations. Oh yeah. So getting ready to. Or do you get to go gallivant off too and relax? <laughs> you, you, probably best to not say it. All. <laughs> it's one of those things where you're like, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, anyways, no, I'll off on vacation. It'll be yeah. Good. Get yeah. a little uh, uh, relaxation, R and R reflection yeah. in there somewhere, somewhere yeah. too. Absolutely. Well, good. That's great. Congratulations on your anniversary yeah. your priesthood. That's it's a gift, obviously, to the family. It's a gift to the diocese. I just think a holy priest. Well. A priest. A priest. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave the question of holiness. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gift. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, and a mystery. Yeah, and a mystery. Amen, brother. The more and more I'm a priest, the more and more I realize that most people consider a holy priest in their own image. So they have a list of who's holy, but they often are exactly 
the kind of holiness they are. Oh, it looks, sure. It looks, yeah, you know, looking so in a priest mirror. who serves the poor as a holy priest, if he's really serving the poor, well, that person often serves the poor. Right. A priest who prays a lot and is at Eucharistic Adoration, well, that person usually goes to Eucharistic Adoration. A priest who is good with the people yep. and is pastoral. Anyway, so we is leave it? the holiness of the priest <laughs> up to God, I guess. I forget who it was. Somebody <laughs> told me, it might have been Father Mason said, we often treat Jesus, and maybe this is the same point, uh, we pull him out of our pocket like a mirror. Yeah, yeah. And we, you know, we're kind of looking yeah. at ourselves and that's what we think Jesus is not like us. We can do a whole show on it. I think it's actually the problem why we actually don't grow as a church or why we don't grow spiritually is because we don't see Christ as something other than who we are. And so we don't change. We think that the world needs to change according to be more like Jesus. Right. But what if actually I need to change? Yeah. Uh, to be more like Jesus. Uh, so that could be a whole show. But uh, so what have you been up uh, to? I have, <laughs> my day has been very interesting. I got up this morning. I went into the kitchen. There's very little light. I usually have a, a lamp in the corner over there so that I can like see around. Well, uh, seminarians are staying for the summer. And so They've decided the lamp shouldn't be on and we should save energy or something. I don't know. I, and I turned it on once and then it always seems to be turned off. So I'm just <laughs> let it go. Today I go and I open up the cupboard and I grab the coffee mug and I put the coffee mug in the Keurig machine. I put the pot in, slam it down, push the button and go to uh, do something else. I don't know what it was. Um, and I come back. And the coffee mug was upside down. Oh, no. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. There is oh, hot nice. coffee all over the counter. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're by yourself. I've done that. And then your wife comes in and finds it. And you're just like, oh, Lord have mercy. Oh, Christ yeah. have mercy. Lord have mercy. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, what a great, so, what a great yeah. way to start the day. It was. But the beautiful part was I just made a decision. Right now is the time I could be like, what a way to start the day. And like everything could be negative. And I was like, you know what? This is not going to determine my day. Mm-hmm. And so then That's this awesome. guy showed up right away early in the morning and, and uh, you know, had a contribution for the church. And it's like a long progression of him growing spiritually. And I was like, see, coffee mug upside down doesn't determine my day. This guy Amen. determines my day. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at some things we're doing in the parish. And I'm like, see, these things are the way, you know. So right. I just was like, I'm not going there. Uh, well, that's you fantastic. You know, the uh, for those out there listening, you can follow us here at Real Presence Radio. Uh, you can communicate with us uh, via Facebook if you'd like. And we taped the show early now, and so you're actually listening to this on July 4th. So we should say Happy Independence Day, <laughs> happy everybody. Happy Independence Day. And happy Independence Day. Happy birthday to, to Leo John. Le- Leo John ah, Rutten. My, the, uh, firecracker, my, the firecracker, although I think his brother Vince is the real <laughs> firecracker. <laughs> Oh, Lord have mercy. That picture of him with... Lord have mercy. The picture of him on his trike with his hat backwards. (laughs) I saw that and I thought, oh, they're in for a If you're out there listening, I've got uh, three boys, Leo, Vincent, and Nicholas, 6'3", and, well, he'll be... Leo, the oldest, will be six on July 4th today. And Vincent's three, and Vincent is a firecracker. He he's the kind of kid that if you look at him wrong, he doesn't cry. He punches you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, ever so so. Uh, yep. So Leo is uh, six years old. He's born on the fourth of July. We we're up at Sanford Hospital in Sioux Falls and had fireworks from from the fourth floor of. 
Oh, sure. After oh, giving yeah. birth that night, it was pretty Canary cool. Stadium it faced out toward the... Harrisburg, toward your way, and mm. we just had fireworks all across downtown mm. uh, as we I had the people so. orchestrate that for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that's fantastic. I uh, won't go too much in. We'll jump into our yeah. faith and culture series here, but I was in the cities as well at the same time you were up there for a business conference, oh. though, and, and I saw all the Twins people going to the game, and I thought, man... There is something special about a baseball game. Yeah. And it really, it's the first time in the stadium. And it really is a great stadium. Oh, it's The only beautiful. problem is it's almost so great, nobody wants to sit down. You walk all over the place, yeah. right? You yeah. just wander around, wander around, yep. and you can see everything. Yeah. And, and you uh, got to find the right uh, pull of sausages. I can't remember. Chris, yeah, I didn't Chris, find them. Chesky's, or I don't know. Yeah. They're, they're no. the best. So it's, well, yeah. we'll get great. to Independence Day in the second half hour of our show. In the first half hour here, we're going to do a little faith and culture segment. And... This month, we were talking about the movie The Mission, and so I, th- I think we're going to dive right in. I'm really, really interested. The Mission is not a new movie, right? This right. is the old Robert De Niro film. If you watch it, it's it. you can tell it's old, right? 1980s <laughs> or something, maybe even earlier. Um, and the movie is basically premised around, around colonization in South America in relationship to a couple of foreign countries, the Portuguese and the, the Spaniards colonizing a particular area and in the middle of this are the jesuit missionaries and the catholic church kind of as the arbiter of these two opposing um colonial forces really uh uh, christianity and well slavery is at the heart of one of the questions so anyway first initial thoughts uh as you watch the mission again had you seen it before and your initial thoughts this time my initial thoughts were how have I never seen this movie? Oh, you've never seen it. <laughs> I had oh. never seen the movie. Well, because it came out it just it came out in 1986. Okay, so that's probably I part wasn't of old why. Enough. And then we were talking about this on the bus. Like, if you didn't see a movie in the theaters, you probably didn't see it then. You know, mm. I mean, yeah, you'd rent some movies, but you only rented like the blockbusters coming off. And yeah. once a movie left, we. Like there wasn't yeah, this concept. It went into that file that, <laughs> like, that in the aisle at Pop and Go Video yeah, yeah, where, yeah. you know. You know, so this idea of Netflix and just, you know, having all of these movies always at, at your disposal just didn't exist. And we were talking about it on the bus. This guy's like, I've never yeah. seen uh, European Vacation. Yeah. And it's like, well, how have you never seen it? Well, because I didn't see it in the theater. <laughs> so. Yeah. And it really, uh, quick note back to it, it really impacts us in faith wise because we then have become used to everybody putting the video in front of us that they want us to do. And so we never take the adventure to go out into the aisles and look around and invest it. And so we were talking about spirituality earlier and people, the spirit comes to those who like take the adventure. You can't just have everything put in front of you. Right. Uh, and so it's a part of why I think that's challenging, but the mission really, what it, what it provoked in me is um, two things. Number one, that the way one missions, the way what the church missions um, m- may be perceived incorrectly in the modern culture because we hear it through a lens of secularism that basically assumes that missionaries were tied to the government forces. Um, And so there's that dynamic where these missionaries, really you see something very different than what I think is in the mind of most people. And certainly what was in my mind as far as how the missionary activity took place. And certainly some of the missionaries could do it differently and have done it in a bad way too. Uh, But secondly, it occurred to me how difficult it is to separate church and state. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, because because we, no one would say the church should not be a part of certain decisions in regard to whatever issue you find most important, right? Right. Everybody say the church should have a position on this issue or this issue, this issue, if you find it important. So the church does have to be in the public sphere, but how is it we're in the public sphere in a way in which we aren't the ones making the decisions right. all the time, but the people make the decisions. So it was so clear to me why the church was connected to the state for so long yeah. and what a gift it is we live in an age in which we've walked through that now and we can mm-hmm. grow in a different dynamic of what does it mean to be in the sphere but to not be in it in a way in which we're like dictating laws all the time right. about how people live yeah mm-hmm. and, and i think B- bishop swain understands it really quite well it, sometimes the frustration of people because they want bishop swain to say something and he's like it's not my job to say something mm-hmm. it's our job to form you and then you can say something as a lay person, as a person in, in the city, the state, the nation, you discover what it is that should be done. Not because the church has imposed it on top yeah. uh, because then you just become a special interest group. Yeah. Which, which is again, goes back to the video store. What we want is the Bishop to put our issue on the new release section. Right. Yeah. What, what we're called to do is to be out in the aisles with an awareness of what it is we have. And we have to take responsibility for why someone does or does not respond to the proclamation that we're making, or we're the one to be engaged in it. We can't just... So let's take this into a modern context. So here we have slavery as that issue. We have colonization between the Portuguese and the Spaniards. They basically are enslaving the the natives of South America. I don't know if it's Brazil, maybe, that they're in. um, And then you have the Jesuit missionaries who are trying to give give them their proper dignity, right? That they're Mm -hmm. humans, you can't enslave them, they're not animals. Look, they produce this culture and this music and they worship worship God. And and then the church is the arbiter almost. The cardinal of the church is is kind of trying to decide which side wins. Do the slave traders win or do the Jesuit missionaries win? Yeah, he's He's, he's in that position, correct? And we criticize that today. We look back and we say, oh, look at the, the church is in the middle of all of this, right? Deciding these factors. Today, that's not how it happens. The no. church is not in the middle of our moral and social uh, issues. More recently. More yeah. recently, right? What are the benefits of the church having that previous stature? What do we, And what is the benefit of the church not being in that role today? We, we should be clear that it's not our role. <laughs> like, if history hasn't taught us something, we shouldn't be in charge of the political realm. I mean, it's never gone well when the church has been the, the political force. The ecclesial church. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so, you know, you look at the, the papal states, all these different things. And yet at times, it was the only thing organized enough to bring any sort of sense of civility at the same time. Like culture had fallen apart at times and the only thing that could sort of bring culture back together was the church itself and so she was sort of thrust into it because she was the only thing that sort of had some structure that could give culture back to the to the people you know even in the movie i I found it fascinating that the missionary carried his flute with him Mm. And, and, and like he pulls out of his bag a flute and he's like and it was it was this sense like he wanted to win them over by the beauty of the music first. 
because he knew that Christianity in of itself wouldn't <clears throat> he couldn't wouldn't make sense to them. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of the music would propose the question: Where does this come from? Where do such beautiful things come from? Well, let me tell you about the God that that is beautiful, mm-hmm. the God that does these things, the God that creates these things. But it was so odd. Like I'm like that is the first encounter of the movie, isn't it? Is the and, and then the one guy breaks the the flute in half. Yeah, yeah. And I, but I thought to myself, he's like climbing and like he's got a flute. I'm like, yeah. Of all the things you're hearing with you, your flute. Which which there's so I mean we could go on forever with this, but I do. This is a really helpful thing. The church has a proposal for the needs of the human circumstance, the needs of the person. Christ is a response to the needs of the person. And so what is the deepest need? The deepest need is for something infinite, for goodness, for mm-hmm. truth, for beauty, for justice, right? Yep. But we reduce our need to justice to the church should arbitrate this circumstance. And and it seems right. I mean, the, the, all of this connection comes because of the fall of the Roman Empire. Like, the church was was did a huge gift. The church has gifted the world, yeah. Western culture, right. uh, as a fruit of this connection between church and state. So it's not that it's like this terrible, evil thing. Uh, it's, an, it's a great gift. We would not have the Western world today. We wouldn't have university education. We wouldn't have a whole bunch of things if the church didn't become this force that— was like the leaven to the society. Amen. Um, and so we have a long tradition of really producing Western education because of the connection. We, you know, it's like uh, imagine everybody in Sioux Falls is Catholic and everybody in the Sioux Falls loves the, the church and da 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 da. It would seem weird for all of us to put our things aside and to like pretend we're not that. If the people are practicing in a certain way, well, then your authority is the authority. And so it's easy for them to say, yeah, the bishop, the cardinal has a certain amount of authority. But what you see in the movie is the changing of this. Number one, the Reformation begins to change the dynamics. The Reformation was really about this. People weren't interested necessarily in Jesus. They were interested in land, and so they wanted the church out of the mix so that they could have control over land. Uh, Now, there's lots of things that go into the Reformation, so that's just one. But— um, uh, what you see in this is those people that wanted the Spaniards and the Portuguese, they weren't interested in the church as it is the church. They were interested in their own agendas mm-hmm. for power and slavery and money, and they were trying to use the church, and they were putting the church in a predicament. Coercing, coercing yeah. the church uh, into that situation. So, you know, it's been a long trajectory of the church sort of separating from the state and the church has now taken its more right position, which is we have an answer to something more than the justice of this circumstance. Our people can help arbitrate the justice of the circumstance. We have an answer to the justice you're looking for in your heart. And this is a presence when, which only he can bring. We have an answer to beauty. And this was the only who can bring Christ. And this is the beauty of the way this missionary entered it. The missionary entered by proposing something to the human heart. He didn't need power. Right. He didn't need authority in the way we view it. He had power over a human heart. He had the power of authority in which somebody said, I want to give my life to you because something you just gave me, no one else has given. Right. From that flute? Well, well and even that, even his response when the flute is broken to just like there was no de- there was no defense 
Like he just let it be broke. And it was another indigenous person who went, picked up the flute and put it back together and gave it back to him. You know, again, but our response would be, you broke my flute. I'm going to break your nose. Uh, (laughs) You know, like I have to, I have to exert my authority because if I don't, this isn't going to work. And instead he just simply in his poverty says, well, if the flute didn't work, it didn't work, I guess. And that's not, that's the Christian principle of forgiveness in fleshed, mm-hmm, right? right? That's mercy in fleshed. It's not like, oh, I'm now supposed to forgive this person. No, in my heart, Christ lives in in a way that gives me the freedom to forgive right. this person mm-hmm. in the middle of the situation. And that's where I'm at, right? Or maybe a lot of people out there listening, like, my problem isn't knowing that the church calls me to forgive. My problem is actually in my heart wanting to forgive. I don't want to forgive. Right. I want justice. That person punched me in the <laughs> nose. I'm going to punch him back. And it's like, well, all right, where yeah. is Christ in the middle of this? Yeah. My heart is angry. Yeah. Why? Well, I know what the church it says, forgive, don't be angry, be not afraid. But that's a whole different reality yeah. from what my heart actually is experiencing. Sure. And is it possible that in today's culture and society, we actually are better able to enter into living the Christian life because we have to freely choose it now, and it's mm-hmm. not coerced from without. Right. Yeah. That Indian went and picked up that flute and put it back together. That was his engagement, right. his contribution that wasn't coerced. Right. Right. So you know inside him something just happened where he said, I want you. I want to be with you. I want you to continue what it is you're yeah. doing. And that's a witness to the one that broke the flute. Right, but the guy that broke the flute was the king, right? That was the leader sure. of the And tri- so oh. he is seeing his, his authority mm. being challenged at this moment. So again, the authority is being challenged, so what do I do? I break it. I break whatever challenges my, you know, I stop this. The minute it, it causes me to have this sense like somehow I could lose what I have, so I'm going to take it from you. Which to me is an interesting dynamic because he is doing the native is doing the exact same thing as the the c- colonialist is doing yeah. mm-hmm. they're both afraid of losing their power and yep. so we can sort of this is where you can see if the church is involved in this stuff is it's supposed to be the arbiter well no the church that's not the position because both of them are doing the same thing yeah uh they're both afraid of losing their power and what? And we also see that something of beauty can have a power that is different. Mm-hmm. And now we understand why the Christian lives by the Beatitudes. Right. The Beatitudes are at a place of the human person that sort of confounds the wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The movie, as we wrap up this final segment here on Real Presence Radio, Rutten Radio, uh, from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You can follow us on Facebook. You can communicate with us. Uh, whether it's a podcast, you can pick up on and put on your phone, all those fun things. we got about five minutes left here. What I'm most interested in to wrap up the show is the reflection between the beginning of the movie, where there's this encounter, right, with the flute, beauty, with these natives, uh, with the Jesuit priest, then you get the colonialist and the 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 slave traders coming in, and there's this grasp grasp for power and authority. And in the middle, of it, there's the conversion of Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. right? So he goes from being a conquistador to being a converted 
to Christian to, be to becoming a Jesuit, yeah. right? Um, and there's a lot more here, but it ends up with the battle or a war between the two cultures and the two tribes. And at the end, Robert De Niro's got a gun, right? He's kind of blasting away. He's fighting. Mm-hmm. He's fighting the fight and defending with the gun. The other Jesuit priest, the initial Jesuit priest, I believe it's Father Mendoza. No, Father Gabriel. Yep. Father Gabriel is not fighting with a gun. Because <laughs> in my mind, I first initially think liberation theology, you yep. know, it, it, and I think, wait a minute here, you know, violence isn't the way to to fix the, the power struggle here. But then Father Gabriel's response is the Mass and the Holy Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not by himself but with the throngs of those that he has lived amongst and he has evangelized the natives themselves mm-hmm. who are worshiping the God of Christ in the Eucharist. And so it ends with this procession. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. what happens? Both are mowed down. Boom. He's, he's mowed down, he's gunned down, and the monstrance falls. And it's a brilliant cinematographic... Yeah. Cinematographic. Cinematographic <laughs> movement, right? where a native in the procession comes forward and next to the dead body of Father Gabriel picks up the monstrance and holds it high and continues moving forward. And it just gave me goosebumps. That's the beauty and the truth of this proposition that Christ calls us to evangelize all peoples. We have something to give them and they can pick it up and they can move it forward. And it reminds me of Our Lady of Guadalupe and all of the Christians. I don't know. Tell me a little bit about what moved your heart when you watched the movie or something that just struck you uh, in a profound well, way. I think two two quick things. Number one, the in the beginning, they were martyred by being uh, tied to the cross and thrown over the cliff. <laughs> At the end of the movie, the Spaniard was in the boat or the Portuguese, whoever was in the boat, and they went over the cliff. Yeah. And it was sort of the same thing with the gun and the Eucharist. Like, there's two ways to die. Mm. One is to die for the truth, mm-hmm. and one is to die in defense of of my truth. Like, I have to defend. One is to give your life for the truth, and one is to think I need to like physically like protect. They were. It was brilliantly played out. Secondly, is the the fact of conversion. Um, when the Robert De Niro character says, "Leave me alone. You don't know what I am." Mm. That's at the heart of every human being. Leave me alone. You don't know what I am. This experience of thinking, I am someone that you wouldn't accept, Lord. I am somebody that you wouldn't. And the Christian is called to be the one who go go into that world and say, no, I know who you are. And there's something good in there. Right? And he even says it. He says, you're a scoundrel. You're a kidnapper. Like he even says all the bad things he is. And then he doesn't, but he doesn't, that's not what he leaves him at. Right. He leaves him. And then the long journey when that native cuts the cord and that conversion scene, when he weeps and weeps and weeps right. and weeps, that's what Christ is calling every right. human being to. Right. Amen. Yeah. And also the, the, the reality that someone tried to cut it early. Remember? Mm. So that, cause mm-hmm. they were frustrated with it. And so this frustration with, I just want this to be over and I'm just going to make it over because uh, they're tired of this baggage and they want it gone. 
and he can't let go of it. So he goes back down, gets it, ties it back on, and keeps <laughs> carrying. Like, there really has to be the right moment, and sometimes we want to decide it. It's not for us. Let us pray that the Lord cuts our baggage and that we live in freedom uh, in the goodness of God's creation. You're listening to Rutten Radio, and we'll take a quick break here, but stay with us. There's much more to come in the next half hour. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the RPR Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more of the Rutten Brothers after these messages. Big Rig Barbecue brings a Texas-style barbecue to South Dakota. They use a real wood smoker for all their meats every single day. Big Rig Barbecue serves sliced brisket, pulled pork, chicken, and ribs. They offer pre-orders for smaller events and gatherings and cater for large events, including parties, meetings, and graduations. Big Rig Barbecue's new sit-down location is on the corner of 41st and Minnesota. Their website, BigRigBBQ.net. Broomtree Retreat Center near Irene, South Dakota, invites you to a fruit-filled weekend with Our Mother, the Virgin Mary, October 12th through the 14th. The Marian Retreat, directed by Dr. Terry Kemmer, begins Friday evening and ends Sunday afternoon. At this retreat, you will journey with Mary through Scripture as you ponder her life and actions. To register for the retreat, call 605-263-1040 or register online at broom-tree.org. The Holy Catholic Church infallibly teaches that the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, our Lord Jesus Christ, is present body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Most Blessed Sacrament, and that it is a sacrilege to receive Holy Communion in the state of mortal sin. Let us pray the Fatima Prayer to the Most Holy Trinity. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore Thee profoundly. I offer thee the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences whereby he is offended. And through the infinite merits of his most sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of thee the conversion of poor sinners. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. This is Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Now, back to more faith, family, and fun with the Rutten Brothers. Welcome back to Rutten Radio here on Real Presence Radio live on the 4th of July. <laughs> How we doing, brothers? <laughs> doing great. Man, isn't Independence Day awesome? It is. What are you guys going to do for the rest of the day? Are you going to take a break? Are you going to go find some... A lake to jump in. Gonna... I don't really find it. I don't know. I don't really celebrate it. Hmm. I, I mean, I'm sure I'll do something. Tom celebrates but it for all of Tom us. Tom celebrates it for all of us. Or if you're bored, <laughs> you can always go to Cranzburg. It's unlike anything you've ever experienced in your Cranzburg life. Cranzburg is? Hmm. They shut down the highway. Oh, really? So that you can get there. It becomes a parking lot. Thousands of people go to Cranzburg. No really? way. For the parade. It's spring break-esque on one side of town and family-friendly on the other. 
It's unbelievable. Really? Unbelievable. So I went last year for the first time. I'll stick with that. I think I'll just stay home. Or... <laughs> yeah. yeah. We no. love you, Cranzburg. It isn't. It no, is, it's, it's worth seeing. It's one of those things on your list of things in your life. Go Check it Cranzburg. out yeah. once. Yeah. I don't know. I'm in a little bit of a transition with 4th of July's uh, since oh. I haven't been able to make them numerous uh, few times. Tom and Nisa's go there, have a little And Tom whatever, is our but... brother and Denise's oh, yeah, yeah, wife. Yeah. And they have the and they family, have the, yeah. family gathering. Fireworks. And Tom I think last year was last year the, the, the watermelon from the house. The watermelon the... dropping off the peak of the house and crashing on the floor and then the four-wheeler pulling you pulling down the sled oh my oh, gosh oh yeah the mudslide yeah <laughs> yeah i forgot about the mudslide you always Listen, get good stuff there tom is not just he is an entrepreneur of fun <laughs> ideas <laughs> yeah yep. so right. we'll see what happens but uh yeah for now well in the second half of our show here fellas we want to kind of talk a little bit about freedom independence uh, maybe a little bit about uh, kind of your experience of Independence Day. John, you kind of said, oh, that's not that big of a thing for me. Um, generally speaking, though, as a nation, this is a day of great significance. And most nations have sure. an Independence Day of some sort. So I'd like to just kind of talk a little bit about Independence Day from an American standpoint. But then how does an American independence for Catholics... How does that get integrated spiritually? What What's the principle at the heart of independence that we're really celebrating? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, th- I think maybe, I don't know if that's part of why I've sort of lessened my excitement about 4th of July or whatever, or I don't know. I just, you know, the, the there's just so much now. Everybody wants to have everything. Everybody, there's... There's Easter bunnies and there's shamrocks, like everything. I just feel like totally marketed in a way oh, where I'm like, sure. you know what? I don't care anymore. I have something more important in my life. Great. Let's get together for the, for the 4th of July. But, you know, we got together the other day for a friend's birthday and a few of us that grew up together and we spent together. That was more important to me. There was something more of life there sure. than a 4th of July party. So. You know, that's sort of where I come, and I don't know why, but yeah, certainly. We live in a free country. I'm grateful we're in a free country, but I also want to say, is it possible maybe I can raise a partial white flag to say it's okay to not really care? Get too excited. Now, I just may have jumped off a cliff, and people are going to be like, Father Rutten doesn't like the country. No, 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 no. no. Father Father Rutten is (laughs) anti-American. No. And maybe it's this. Maybe it's because the 4th of July no longer speaks to what it really means to be free. Hmm. And so you don't enjoy it because it's not freedom. It's you're being marketed. And so what you really want to celebrate is the ability to live who I am in the image and likeness of God with this freedom to be able to enter into lives and whatnot. But you feel like you've got a red, white, and blue. Everything's got to match. You've got to have all these things. You've got to get fireworks. And it's like, well, don't tell me how I'm supposed to celebrate the 4th of July. Yeah, yeah. we want to have a four-wheeler and have a mudslide pit. Right. <laughs> anyway. Yep, right, right. And so because it's it's losing, it's like Christmas. Sometimes you're just like, I'm, I'm done with it. Because of everything the world tells us Christmas is supposed to be. And it's like, you people missed the whole beauty of it. Mm-hmm. So 4th of July comes and it's like, uh, and we're not really free. And mm. so it's not really true. We don't really live 
in a free country. We live in a country that permits you to live a particular way until it doesn't appeal to the way they think you should live. Mm-hmm. And and so we, we, we're seeing this, right, in right. our country. Well, we don't want to prescribe contraceptives. Well, you have to. We don't want to bake a cake. You have to. We want to eat at your restaurant. You can't because we don't like you. All of a sudden, we live in a country that isn't really free anymore. We live in a country which says we're free until you point out something in my life that I don't like, or you tell me I can't have something I want. And then I'm going to tell you, well, you're not free anymore. And I think this is where the church needs to really then propose, well, what's freedom? You know, is it that I want to be able to shoot off all the fireworks I want? Okay, but what about my neighbors who are trying to sleep and it's 4 a.m. and I'm still shooting fireworks? You know, so do I need a law or do I need something within me that says it's 4 Mm a.m.? Maybe I shouldn't light off fireworks right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really a great place to go because then in response to that, if I as an say say well either as a priest or just as a lay person in the culture, if I take a position then that I want to help us be a free country, right? If I'm honest about it, that doesn't give me freedom either. Mm-hmm. So just to be on the right side of truth or to be proposing the opposite side is not what I actually need. That can lead me to even more because how do I change a government? How do I change a, and then, and then it's like freedom is something different than getting a law enacted or Mm -hmm. is getting things my way. Freedom is the experience of satisfaction of, I have everything I need. Mm -hmm. And, and so we can see freedom, you know, this would be a way to enter into freedom. Freedom is that experience that the alcoholic seeks in the first drink, where the whole world becomes a place. Ah. Oh, sure. The problem is the next drink <laughs> begins the subtle yeah. or not so subtle tip down plunge. Plunge. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's uh, like the mission, right? You're the cross going yeah, yeah, over. Yeah, you're, you're, right, except for you're not on the cross, right? You're in the boat, and it's just and going the reason up. I yeah. use that is because I do think it's helpful for us to to even though that's the wrong way to get it. That's what we're looking for is sure. that experience of being like the whole world is, and if I am seeking that from an earthly circumstance, Mm -hmm. a human circumstance, I'm never going to find what I really am looking for. But many philosophies and religious principles will say, die to that. Die to that desire. Die to... The Christian says, no, that moment you have is why you're made for God. Mm -hmm. So real freedom is when I encounter this spirit, this life that hits me and I'm like... All of a sudden, I'm like able to be myself. And not go to a 4th of July party. And not go to a 4th of July party. Yeah, yeah. One way or the other. But yeah. to not feel forced to have to be 4th of July. And for all those uh, that don't hate American independence, <laughs> woohoo, jump out, you know, go out on the boat and have a cocktail and go swimming and... Uh, and so there is that great celebration today where we do celebrate that freedom, right? That says, all right, uh, we do have something as Americans here that we're celebrating and that freedom. And uh, <laughs> I do like, though, the movement back to the saying, all right, why are we in the boat jumping in the water, celebrating with a cocktail, uh, dressing in red, red white, and blue. blue? What really is the purpose of all of this? And I like what you're saying because what it reminds me of is that there's a there are principles, there's a depth behind celebration in life. 
I think oftentimes we just party to party. Like we just celebrate to celebrate. Give me a reason to celebrate, you know, whether it's St. Patrick's Day and in, in mm-hmm. shamrocks and green or whether it's 4th of July and red, white, and blue, whatever. Oh, let's just celebrate. And what I've always remembered is that I often need a vacation from my vacation. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That I need like this. It's like we have a holiday, but I want the next day off. I don't. I don't want that. I don't want Fourth of July off. I want July fifth off. Why? Because I'm probably not doing on July fourth what I ought to be doing, and I need a day off from the July. It's like, well, am I missing something here? <laughs> right. Why are you laughing so much? I'll have to tell you off air. Okay. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. So is- no, no, you're absolutely right. Be- and this, so this is a question: Are we really celebrating freedom? And so, again, that's maybe what I was trying to get back to is maybe the reason you don't like the 4th of July is you see through it mm-hmm. and you, and you say, well, this isn't, this isn't a celebration of freedom. Yeah. And it's not just the 4th of July. No, no. It's St. Patrick's right, day. It's I'm an Irishman. Remember what we used to do for St. Patrick's day? Yeah. I've, I haven't been to the St. Pat. Like, I just don't really care about it. Right. Yeah. No, and, and so I think this is the question, but then you still have to say, so what am I supposed to do? Right. Not necessarily for the 4th of July, but then how do I celebrate and live freedom? Mm-hmm. And I think this is, is this great challenge that that we don't, I don't, I don't if we don't want to risk uh, it not working out. Or can you give me an example? It it not being epic, you know. So how many times have we had this idea of how great some celebration is going to be, and to only have it turn out to be a disaster? Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh! So we want to be able to say, well, to make it the good Fourth of July, to make it a good Christmas, good St. Patrick's, you have to have all these things, and instead to say, well, no, I don't have to have them all. What what I need to have is authentic relationships. Yeah. Uh, and a freedom to to say, Lord, well, what do you want mm-hmm. for this day? And who do you want me to be with? And, you know, uh, how do you want me to celebrate uh, every day as Independence Day? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I find the struggle for me, as you talk about this, is living in the sweet spot each day. Like, do I live freely? And oftentimes I'd say I wake up um, bound by my thoughts, my emotions, the mm-hmm. responsibilities, the all of these extrinsic things that just seem like from the minute I wake up, part of the problem is, is I pick up my iPhone when I wake up, right? It's like all of a sudden I just got this this uh, henchman on my back, right? I got this claw and it's like just suffocates me for the rest of the day as I, and then I stop and I say, well, all right, how do I live freely in this, all right? Through prayer, mm-hmm. Through, through getting, you know, having a conversation with the, the Lord that loves me and, mm-hmm. and giving him these, these issues, right? These fears and these anxieties and these expectations and all of this. How do I live 4th of July every day? How do I live a life of freedom? Because freedom isn't just about liberty in a, a, a physical sense, but it has to be found first in a spiritual sense. The, the story of the Vietnamese cardinal that was imprisoned for... 18 some some years mm-hmm. yet he would say he had freedom in there mm-hmm. well how is it that you can be locked up in solitary confinement for two decades and still live authentically free maybe maybe there's more 
this 4th of July, maybe there's more today if you're out there listening, that you and, and us could personally reflect upon. Uh, how do I live freely as a son or a daughter of, of Christ? Um, and I think you have to just, you have to be honest with your experience. Where are you free? Where are you really free? And pay attention to that. Now, now give me an example. Um, when we went to that birthday party and Rory Kelly is talking to me. Roy Kelly is a friend, by the way. Yeah, so he went to school with. So so I'm talking to a real person, okay, and I know their name. We can take a photograph together, which we did. (laughs) Selfie. And in that conversation, something happens to me, and I'm free. What do you mean something happens Uh, to you? I'm free. I'm like, all of a sudden, I have that that place where it's like the world. It's the same experience I had with the first drink. The world is at peace. Pay attention to that. What is this? Why all of a sudden communicated through this person have I experienced this uh, sense of like, calming. the world's great, calming. Uh, um, I'm grateful. All of a sudden, I'm so grateful. That's the moment when I was like, I'm so grateful. And I was grateful to be invited and things, but at that moment. And then I found myself less worried about how I fit in at this party. I find myself, uh, and it's almost like in reflection, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, you know, more able to go to somebody else and to talk to somebody else. Um, pay attention to that. I, I have the phone problem too when I wake up and before I go to bed. For the last week, my electronics have been in the kitchen from the time I go to bed until I have woken up, showered, eaten, and prayed. I have to pay attention, though, to the fact that that originated because of my trip to North Carolina and some people I was with. All of a sudden, it just hit me like, I want to live the way they're living. I don't want to live like that anymore. And I just mm-hmm. started putting it there. So I can, I can, if I pay it, the reason I say pay attention is because I have to be recognized the origin of it is these people. The origin of it is Rory Kelly. The origin of it is our- The, or, the origin of what? The freedom, the experience, the experience of this liberation from this attachment to all these things. Mind, mind, body, spirit, like yeah, yeah, the whole thing. Um, I I have to pay attention to this radio show. Mm-hmm. This radio show has brought me freedom, real freedom, mm-hmm. and the fruit of that has been different relationships among all of us. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. But I can say, oh, we're doing a great radio station, or I can get all worried about those and not realize that well, the fruit of everything is actually me just recognizing God's doing something here for sure. me. Yeah. Yep. For me, I'm like free. I leave here. Every time I leave here, I'm like, I love life. <laughs> and and all of a sudden I want to tackle hard things. I'm able to enter into conversation. And even like with the, so let's say the St. Patrick's Day Parade were today. If I lived aware of you guys, I'd probably go to the St. Patrick's Day Parade. But free. Sure. And so it doesn't mean I like cut out from things or I stop doing secular things. or It means I actually may engage them. Mm-hmm. But I engage them in a free way because I already have what I really need. Right. Gotcha. You're not trying to extract from the external experiences something to satisfy your internal need or desire for for God, really. I mean, for yeah. peace with humanity. Father Paul, freedom in, in your sense, kind of spiritually, or um, how does it play out? Or what does freedom look like uh, to your understanding? Well, I, I guess in saying, saying that, I think that the... The challenge that we face, though, as we're talking, Father John, about all this, is what we want to do is we want to put the phone in the other room, but not pay attention 
to that there's a desire because what's going to happen mm. is something else is going to take its place. And I think this is this challenge that we face. We blame technology. It's always been there. <laughs> yeah. The desire has always been there. The, the means by which wasn't there. You couldn't binge watch because it wasn't possible. It didn't mean you didn't want to binge watch. Yeah. Remember to be continued. Right. You had to wait and, a week. And, you know, so this, this reality that I think it's important because what I find often with people is when they come to me and they're struggling with a sin or struggling with a thing, what they do is they try to just remove everything and think that that's the solution. Yeah. You know, I just have to get rid of it all. That's Versus to say, not that I have to get rid of it, but that I have to make space for, for what really will bring me freedom so that I can pick this up in freedom. That I have to, to make space so that I can encounter Christ, so that I can go to the Kranzberg Parade and enjoy it for what it really is. And not expect the Kranzberg Parade to do for me something which it cannot do. Mm. Boy, that sounds like and, a life principle and, right and this there. This is hard, though, because I can't manufacture it. So when somebody comes to me and they've got this challenge, all I can do is say, Christ has to be it, but I don't know how that's going to manifest itself. I can't tell you that it's going to be Rory Kelly. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. And this is the problem is I, at times I think as a priest, I feel like I have to then come up with who's the person that's going to set you free. Yeah. I don't know. Boy, this sounds like you could get into a lifetime of bad relationships chasing this kind of stuff. Well, if it, that makes sense, like you or, or not relationships, even like habits and that's what people like, are doing today. We, we right. This <laughs> I mean, is what I we do. Think, right. Right. No, this is what we do because we, we haven't had an authentic relationship with Christ in such a way that that He really is real, and then we begin to realize when he is or isn't in a situation. So we, we again, it, it's hard because you can only, it, it only comes about by experience. This sounds and, like, and this is this, this challenge of mm -hmm. our, our, our culture. You know, it, it's like people tell, you know, I use this one time in an analogy, whenever you learn to water ski, what do they always tell you? When you fall, let go of the rope. <laughs> <laughs> But what does everybody do when they fall the first time? Hold on to the rope. <laughs> because your instinct just sort of says, don't let go. Don't let go. But once you've done it once, <laughs> nobody yeah. has to tell you to let go of the rope. Yeah. But you have to go through it. Mm -hmm. And then you know, I let go of the rope. Mm -hmm. uh, now, you also learn how to let go of it in ways that it doesn't cause more problems too. But it, it is one of these things. So I think what you have to do is to say to somebody, here's the thing. Yep, you do need to put your phone in another room, but you need to ask Jesus Christ to be present in a way that really will set you free. Mm -hmm. And then look for it. Yeah. And that's grace. And that's grace. That's grace. And what I would this is really helpful. What I would say is the position then we need to be in is honest with our our need and our desire and this is why it's hard is today we feel like we're a failure if we have a need or the place we feel like we failed in front of is actually the right position of weakness, inadequacy, looking for something, I can't find it, mm. nothing I've tried works, I must not be doing it right. That's actually the right place if we pay attention to it, be be kind to ourselves, be patient with ourselves, because right. that's the key, that's the whole that's the keyhole 
that then tells us when the right key was put in. The reason you know it's the Spirit of God, the reason you know it is Christ, is because it answers that place. But if we pretend we don't have the place, Mm. then we'll never know it's the key. And we put our idea of Jesus in the front of it, and it actually really never meets uh, the place that we're looking for. So So are we all wandering around trying to fulfill this whole through all of these things without even realizing it, right? Uh, habits, uh, addictions, uh, technologies, power, wealth, jobs, career, relationships. Are we literally all just running around like St. Augustine, restless, with this restless heart, trying to throw all of this stuff as the key that turns the thing that makes us feel um, loved or dignified or real or peace? or And at the heart of it all, if we just stop acknowledge the restlessness, acknowledge what it is, ask Christ to come into that, to fulfill that desire that you have, that that's the key to unlocking the freedom to live. Does that sound right? Yeah, and the fancy word is concupiscence. That everyone is born with concupiscence. It's this inordinate desire. Like they're just, I think the problem is it will never be completely satisfied in this world. So that key works and it 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 fits and then there, there's another either depth to it mm-hmm. and there's another depth to it and another depth to it. And what I really am convinced, at least in my life and in many people's life, we want a one key solution. Yes, I do. <laughs> so we just want it once and done. Yeah. yeah. And Christ is like, no, there's a depth here. And so, yep, I'm going to turn this one key and then it's going to open up another hole and you have to make another choice. Yeah. Do you want that hole filled too? And I think at some point people just get tired because they don't understand it. And they think, what's wrong with me? I can never get this figured out. Mm-hmm. I get one done and then I, there's another yeah, one. Yeah, because you wake up the next day and it doesn't make sense. Why is it that I don't have what I had yesterday? Yeah. Right? And or, to some degree. As I've used before, in the reverse analogy, it's like lifting weights. You hmm. always, if you, I mean, you can always lift more to a degree, like, and it's going to get easy and then they're going to put more weight on and it's going to get hard and it's going to get easy and it's going to get hard. And you can think I'm a failure because it's hmm. always hard or you can realize they've put more weight on. So you're not a failure, but it's hard. So the spiritual life, it, it, it's in reverse though. Like this freedom is more and more and more freedom. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but every time there's this risk and I'm like, ah, and it's almost like putting you on, you know, two feet off the ground and walk across a rope. Now, four feet across, five, six, 10, 20. And every time you go higher and higher and you're asked to walk and the higher you get, the harder it is. And you can fall and say, oh, I'm a failure. Right. But I, but I fell from 400 feet. Mm. Uh, so this desire never ends. So I change my disposition. And this is, I believe it was, you know, Teresa of, no, Teresa of Avila or Therese of Sue, one of the two, who rejoiced every time she found something in her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, oh, I found another thing for Jesus to take from me. Mm-hmm. Not, oh, I'm never going to get this. Yeah. No, I found another thing, and I found another thing, and I found another thing. Lord, you get to take this too, and you get to take this, and this, and this, and this. Because she realized- You rejoice in it. That this is his role in her mm. life, is to take this from her. So as long as she can find them and acknowledge them, she can give them away. Yeah. And give them away. Wow. But she no longer saw the, the, the flaw or the sin- or this disposition is something bad, 
but she saw it as a good because she could give it to him. Hmm. And that's where freedom is. But that's a change in disposition. Mm -hmm. And to live that on a continual basis, you need a people who help you stay with it. And we have to let go of our preconceptions about how we're going to be satisfied and follow what really happens. Mm -hmm. So if it's Rotten Radio, stay with Rotten Radio and see what happens. If it's if it's a friend you meet, stay with that friend. Mm -hmm. If it's uh, doing this prayer, stay with this prayer. And one of the places that we have found life continues to bring us something beautiful is the prayer for our family. Yeah. And as we wrap up this July 4th Independence Day, we pray for freedom of mind, body, and spirit that Christ brings to us all. And I think we can end with the family prayer and a good reflection that today you just might need to let go of the rope. <laughs> In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, we thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state in life you plan for each of us and help us use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, Help us to be a holy family. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And, and with, with your spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go Saint, in peace. St. Joseph. Pray, pray for, for us. us. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio. To hear today's episode again, visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com and find it on the Sioux Falls podcast page. You can also find it on our app under podcasts and special events. And be sure to tune in for more Rutten Radio next month. Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Paulson Monuments in Canton, South Dakota uses professional equipment to craft thousands of designs for any memorial needed. They help in planning needs like who the memorial is for, where it's going, installation, and budget expectations. Paulson Monuments is located right off Highway 18 in Canton. Their website is paulsonmonuments.com. very delighted to hear that uh, we were going to have a feed. We've listened to a lot of public radio with Christian broadcast over many years. Now we have one right here that's attached to EWTN, and I believe that we're getting a lot of listeners out here, and we've had a few people, particularly our uh, priests, have been on the air. I've had a couple of spots. 
Uh, we've taken up uh, quite a collection at church and uh, tried to help people know that you're on the air, and we're very proud of that, and, and we're doing what we can to support you. This is Judy Lebsack from St. John the Baptist in Trenton. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio.